0: like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Esther. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, in this uh, short time as we consider your word, your scriptures, we pray for your Holy Spirit because he's the one we most need in this time. We pray that you would open wide our hearts to the realities of your word, your gospel, even maybe changing our minds about a few things, even changing our lives. So would you please come and and do that? Receive even this as a time of worship, the way in which we listen, the way in which we are attentive to you, the words of your heart. So God, receive this time and help us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Last month, nearly the whole world watched as King Charles uh, was seated on his throne. The coronation ceremony that was displayed on TV and enjoyed by literally billions. I don't know if you watched that ceremony, but my favorite part was the donning of the royal glove. This ceremonial piece in which a glove was placed on the new king's hand, this hand that would eventually hold the symbolic royal scepter. And most intriguing to me were the words that were recited by the archbishop as that royal glove was placed on the king's hand, and these were the words. Receive this glove that you may hold your authority with gentleness and grace, trusting not in your own power, but in the mercy of God. I thought to myself upon hearing those words and seeing that beautiful moment, wow, wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if that was something that we asked of every leader, leaders of every kind, civil leaders, or bosses at work, team leaders in the workplace, parents, teachers, that we would ask of every leader to remember that they wear, you wear an invisible glove, and hold an invisible scepter, as it were, as you wield your authority and carry out your responsibilities, as you hold these things as a God-given authority under the mercy of God. Carrying out your leadership with gentleness and grace, trusting not in your own power, but in Christ's mercy. Beautiful words in a beautiful moment, and that ceremonial moment echoes Jesus' unique perspective on leadership, which we find in Luke chapter 22. It's the night before he would suffer and be crucified. Jesus and his disciples are are seated around a table for one last meal. And my goodness, an argument erupts over who among the disciples was the greatest. Jesus graciously, patiently corrects them. He teaches them. In verses 25 and 26, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Jesus wasn't critiquing the use of authority or power itself. He was critiquing the exercise of authority for selfish gain rather than for the service of others. He was critiquing the exercise of authority for public recognition, for reward, for status, for title. In the Roman world, the wealthy and the socially elite were actually afforded the opportunity to donate large amounts of money and also their personal time in service to the cities in which they inhabited. And in return, they would receive a couple things. Tax breaks for one, prestige, recognition, the opportunity then to qualify as a local leader, and the title that would be given Benefactor, which Jesus names in verse 25. And in naming that title and practice, Jesus was critiquing what I think we might be able to call performative generosity. Yeah, I'll help. Yeah, I'll give. I'll donate my time, but only as long as you notice I'll make a lot of sacrifices, in fact, but only as long as I come out the real winner here. And this is how leadership and authority are normally handled, Jesus says. But it must not be so in his church and his kingdom. Verse 26. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who's at the table being served, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's at the table, but I am among you, as one who serves. And so as we bring on new leaders today, I I say to you, Jen, Nana, Skyler, Klase, Katie, and also together with them, leaders in our church and leaders everywhere, you are called be servants, not kings or queens, or performative benefactors, but servants. In other words, leaders in Christ's church and in his upside-down kingdom, where the greatest is the least and the least is the greatest, these kinds of leaders where a different kind of glove, and lead and hold their authority with a different kind of sceptre. And to help visualize this point, I present to you your scepter. What sort of scepter can you imagine Christ might have in mind as he calls his leaders into humble, sacrificial service? Not one that works for personal gain and status and and title and personal glory, but rather for the benefit of others, laying down your lives and humbling yourselves and giving and giving and giving. What sort of scepter might he place in your hand I wonder if it's one that looks like this. Behold your authority. Behold your calling. A toilet plunger. Perhaps a symbol of one who's called to give and serve and care, even in and among tasks that may not be the most desirable. Friends, you are called to give and to give and to sacrificially give. As you love people, as you listen to people, as you bear their burdens and wounds, as you encourage them, as you walk with them in their pains and and struggles and, and meeting their needs and denying yourself and carrying out difficult and thankless tasks, but necessary tasks, plunging toilets as it were, and you are called to do this without expectation of return, without demand for recognition or title or personal gain but simply out of love love for god love for his people love for neighbor love for enemy beloved you are called to serve and of course all this is simply to say that we serve in the likeness of the king who was a servant, Jesus. As Jesus said himself in verse 27, I am among you as one who serves. So Jesus is, is both the model and the motive of our service in ministry. Don't forget, don't miss, right before this conversation in Luke 22 in the upper room, Jesus had just disrobed, knelt down, and washed his disciples' feet. And he said, that's how you lead. That's what leadership and greatness looks like in my upside-down kingdom. Are you ready for that? Jesus plunged our toilets, put our needs before our own, laid down his life for us in love, died on the cross for us and for our salvation, and invites us to eat and drink at his table, and all because of his unfathomable love for you and me. Friends, we serve Because Christ first served us. We love because Christ first loved us. This is leadership in Christ's kingdom. Lead and love like Jesus. Serve well. Plunge well. Serve as ones who have been served by your servant Savior, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. God, and, and, and so we're asking for really a, a revolution of the heart by your Holy Spirit. Give us an image of the servant that you were and still are among us, Jesus, the one who serves and make us, all of us, whether the five that are being placed in roles of leadership today or all of us in our respective Roles of leadership and care and responsibility make us servants like you, and thank you for serving us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand and let's respond in song.